You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey Cup me, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! Thanks for pressing this play on this episode of Two and Out. Uh, happy 4th of July to our American friends. Happy Canada Day to the rest of our friends. Although there are some international uh, people that listen to the show, according to the podcast stats, but I'm assuming they're Canadians traveling abroad. But maybe I should never assume <laughs> because <laughs> you never know. Some The, the no. dark places on the Internet that people can go to find this show. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a YouTube rabbit hole you don't want to talk about. (laughs) But the big news, this time of year, I'm always looking forward to the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest and Joey Jaws Chestnut with his 16th title. He's passed his prime, we know that. But still, over five dozen hot dogs in 10 minutes, over 18,000 calories, Brazilian Thai. This is his second eight-game winning streak. That's insane. That's ridiculous. And like I tuned in cuz I'm a degenerate and I have nothing better to do. Can you bet on it? Oh, probably. But I I got to wonder what like if you bet against him that would that should be a large payout. You should be arrested like <laughs> minus 40,000 on the yeah. Joey John's chestnut. Uh and I tuned in like what is happening? Like TSN sucks. Oh, weird. And it turned out <laughs> Oh, cuz the rain delay. Because it, it was canceled at first, and then he said, no, we're doing this once the rain lifted. Yeah, we can't cancel that. Yeah. I, mean, I don't cancel golf for rain. I don't know why you cancel eating hot dogs. I, I'm trying to I golfed in a lightning out. storm. It's not that bad. I'm trying to figure out, like, the calories in a, an entire, like, four-liter bucket of ice cream. I'm not having a success with it. But per 100 grams, there's over 200 calories. So how heavy is a four-liter bucket of ice cream? Either way. 4,000 grams. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Milliliters a gram. So. uh, Roughly. 200 times 40. That would be the calories you are ingesting. Wow. So still, that's not enough calories? (laughs) Think of all the sodium. Like it's white bread. Wow. The buns buns are probably way worse for you than the hot dogs. And still, just imagine eating that much ice cream. And then the buns are soaked in water. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine being able to wear pants after eating all of that. It is, I don't care what you say, it is an incredible achievement. And the dominance that has lasted this long, Joey Chestnut is my goat like, he's the rick flair of the nathan's yeah. international hot dog 16 eating time maybe now is the time to he will uh, not no retire. he wants he wants to break the get, record get again. to 20 no he wants to break the record of 77 his record he wants to break it he's past his prime man yeah, and he mean, even said that in the post yes they had a post contest <laughs> i love interview. the intro he gets to like oh, if that doesn't that, fire you up but the, the, the president of the of the of mle like yeah. major league eating the president is such a <laughs> loser like i can't stand him <laughs> and he's the reason that kobayashi quit so we don't even have any good we don't have a good rivalry anymore he needs to come back because <laughs> they but they need they need to let him do other contests they do yeah 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 this isn't WWE. This is now an MLE uh, podcast. If <laughs> I'd say if the CFL, like, let's just say it folded, I think we put this over into an MLE thing. I'd be down uh, with that. You know how hard it is to find those things? Yeah. We'll be the leading <laughs> MLE podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, Unless or, there is another. I don't know. Or I'll just be your Bobby Brain. Heenan. Yeah, exactly. And we can take you on the road. I'm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> Week four. Look out, Glendon. 
<laughs> Week four in the CFL uh, started in the nation's capital with the Ottawa Red Blacks it, ending it. Well, I mean, ending a 13 game home losing streak by beating the Edmonton Elks 26 to 7. Another. And look, props to Ottawa for making this happen, but another dismal performance mm-hmm. from Edmonton. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. That was that was brutal. Yeah, I don't I, know I, how they scored 31 against Toronto, to be honest. Eight well, even that six, was a brutal eight performance. And 16. How do we ever win eight? <laughs> I like, mean, there's, there is no way Chris Jones is coming back next year. You think he's done, eh? They got to win out. Whoa. <laughs> At this point, like, or do you just in, like, what do you like? How do you bring him back and expect fans to come back? Yeah. And you have the out. So take it, because it's a joke. But the whole changing the management, you know, every few seasons, I know it'll work once you find the right group, and you kind of mm-hmm. got to – I feel like they have to stick the process. But I, I think maybe some people think – They're going to be worse than they were last year. They do appear worse already. Um, I think people – would like to see some changes on the coaching staff, but it does seem like Jones just keeps his guys with him. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's right or wrong, that's just what he does. And that's what happens when you give a guy autonomy. I, I know that continuity is Im- important, but four and fourteen in twenty twenty two, zero and four to start the season here. If they don't string together some wins soon, and it's not looking good. Uh, how'd con- how'd continuity work for the Leafs? Yeah, one playoff series win in what six years? They're they're going to Saskatchewan on Thursday. The Riders coming off the bye, and then they will be home to Hamilton on which, a Thursday night. Maybe that is an opportunity for them. Hamilton short week, haven't won yet, but that's looking ahead of ourselves. Could that be the day that the Home losing streak comes to an end. Uh, the game starts with uh, Ottawa jumping out to a 3 nothing lead. And then Tyree Adams hitting the fullback. Who doesn't like the good fullback play? Marco Dubois for a, a 50-yard play. It is a touchdown. It's 10 nothing Ottawa. And then Bob Dice just going for it. Goes for the onside. They get flagged for interference. It could have been ugly. And it became ugly, but it, it could have been uglier for Edmonton. It, they started the game with three straight two and outs. Yeah, yeah. Like that pretty much sums up the entire game for Edmonton. I know we mentioned last week, it's like when you prepare as the starter, it's all of a sudden a different animal. And it was a different animal for Jarrett Dagey. And he was mm-hmm. running for his life. That offensive line is a major liability in Edmonton, much like it was for Saskatchewan in 2022. Yeah, and, and it, you're not giving him a chance when no. you're when you're just allowing pressure after pressure after pressure. Uh, they couldn't really get much going on the ground game early, so it didn't give him any reprieve that way. Uh, I think what was it? Uh, oh no, yeah, Dylan Mitchell went three of seven for thirty-four. Like a lot of guys were like, just didn't have great games. His completion percentage was fifty-eight percent. He threw three picks, like. A lot of it has to do. It starts with the offensive lines. He didn't have a shot from the from the start, and you have you have the reigning defensive player of the year on the other side. Yeah, and I mean he is a uh, guy making his first start. There's no, mm-hmm. I mean, this this stuff happens. But when he's not in a position to succeed, it just it can get ugly in a hurry. And he, he did make some bad decisions, but a lot of them was he's just uh, running running for his life back there. And uh, it, it, it was rough for Jarrett Dagey. Uh, he does throw the pick in the second quarter. Uh, Lewis Ward kicks the 50-yarder. All of a sudden, it's 13-0 Ottawa. And then more, two and outs for the Elks. 
Ottawa is up 16 nothing at the half, and you're thinking, are we in danger of the Elks being shut out for the second time in three weeks? It looked like it was close to happening. At eight, two and outs. <laughs> they had the ball 14 times. Wow. How did they score seven points? The, well, there was the one drive, like, really. Yeah. And it was five plays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they had, they had five good plays. Even when Edmonton kind of strung things together, uh, Dandridge, uh, he ends up what uh, picking off uh, Daggy with some good field position. It was mm-hmm. just, it, it, it was tough. <laughs> For the Elks, and I would not. <laughs> Fans are discouraged, and I understand. It feels like it's been forever well, since. And look, every team has their has their turn of sucking. There is some teams that last a hell of a lot longer than others. <laughs> it some just teams happens. have a decade of darkness. <laughs> but as a lifelong Rough Rider fan, it has almost felt like Edmonton has never had their turn. Mm-hmm. Of incompetence. And, he, and if they did, yeah. Eric Tillman. They, they still beat the Riders. It didn't last long. Yeah. Like, Turned Richie around. Hall as their head coach, kind of thing. Cavis Reed. Yeah. Uh, consequences. Consequences. I guess there's been some classic moments of incompetence. <laughs> but <laughs> this is. This Not is just an, the Elks either. Like, let's be real. This is an extended stretch. So I can understand yeah. the frustration going on there. Oh, oh no, I'm devastated. <laughs> Look at hey. what you get for winning five breakups in a row. Like, you yeah. have to sell your soul and you, it comes yeah. back. Comes back at some point. Eventually. But, yeah, the, the receipt's coming. <laughs> now in the third quarter, I guess it was the lone bright spot for the Alex. Maurice French getting on to the roster. French? Yeah, for French. And uh, <laughs> scores the touchdown. They end up even scoring the two-point conversion. But surprise, surprise, holding penalty. And then uh, it's 16-6 Ottawa at that point. So it's like even when they do succeed, there's something else to just pull Two them back. Two steps forward and one more. step back. Yeah, exactly. And then on, on the on the second attempt, like everything goes to crap and Deggie just has to kind of scramble and take a hit for no yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maurice French, uh, six catches, eight targets, seventy-four yards, and the touchdown. So that he's a he's a speedster, mm-hmm. and uh, he might be one of those guys if they can get the ball in his hands uh, a few times every game going forward. That'll be good. I know they're missing Geno Lewis, and that that sucks. But even Kyron Moore, two catches on six nobody's, targets. Nobody's job is safe in that receiving core right now, except for Geno Lewis. I don't think. Which it sounds crazy to start the year. I mean, everybody in Edmonton and around the CFL were looking at Edmonton saying, this receiving core is legit, but without an offensive line, the quarterback can't get him the ball. Like The two of us even said that yeah. they were going to be, you know, they could be looking at a playoff game, and that, that's out the window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ottawa hits them with, with a... Uh, a field goal here, and then uh, <laughs> Daggy's running for his life. Back-to-back plays get sacked. And, hey, they, they get that uh, missed extra point back by scoring yeah. the single on the punt. But as the game went on, credit to Ottawa's run game with DeMontre Tuggle, 17 carries, 126 yards, 7.4 yards a carry. There's a touchdown in there. And I know that the stats say that Edmonton's rushing defense is terrible and w- one of the weakest parts of the team. But I, Not Ottawa's I, fault. I feel like it's the circumstances that lead the rushing defense to being that mm-hmm. bad like they're like, not like a goalie getting 100 shots yeah right you're gonna you're not gonna stop all 100 well when you get you know what they have between toggle and jackson bennett was 25 yeah. rush attempts bennett had himself like, over five yards of carry uh yeah, was, tyree adams had 31 yards rushing on three carries himself so yeah they had 28 rush attempts just between those three guys well that's gonna <laughs> those numbers are eventually one's gonna break and that's gonna it's going to add some numbers to your total. Yeah, so, I mean, credit to Ottawa for beating them up 
on the ground. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had more rushing yards than they did passing yards, and Adams looked all right. He didn't turn the ball over 14 of 20. Who's quarterback for Ottawa, Matt Nichols? (laughs) That's a managing win if I've ever seen one. (laughs) But uh, Adams can move. That's the difference Mm -hmm. from uh, him to Matt Nichols, I guess. (laughs) Although Nichols would surprise me. Nichols moved from team to team to team. (laughs) But I think... And it's been said before, I've always, even in years past, I thought that Ottawa had a decent defense, but when they're on the field nonstop, Mm -hmm. then the numbers start to show they're not that good of a defense because uh, they're they're just getting worn out. And that's that's the way it goes in in football. If one of the three phases is not really picking up the slack, uh, it leans on that one phase a little bit more. And I feel like that might be the case with Edmonton's mm-hmm. defense, especially on the the run game side of things. Which leads right back to your offense, not staying on the field, not extending drives. Uh, like you look at the the difference, like Tyree Adams and Jared Diggy, we, we thought it was going to kind of be not a defensive battle, but just kind of an ineptitude, maybe not ineptitude, yeah. just inexperience. And just the way that Kahari Jones ran that offense for Ottawa set Tyree Adams up for success. Yeah. And, you know, they extended drives. They scored. Edmonton could not, They like I said, they started the game out three straight two-and-outs. They had eight total all night. Your defense is just getting thrown to the wolves. And you're hoping. And because it's Chris Jones, it'll work out. Well, yeah, everything, all your chickens are coming home to roost now. The guy's wearing three different hats. You're letting him have full autonomy. It's not working. It hasn't worked for the last two years. Now you're here. So now is this another 14 week training camp to try mm-hmm. to find out what you have? And then, but at the end, you're just going to fire him. Well, that's it. Can, can you let him go? I think this happened with Brock Sunderland. They mm-hmm. continued to keep him in the job. He makes like some pretty critical trades and then you fire him. Like, like letting Shirelli sign a goalie for four and a half million yeah. dollars and then firing him the next day. Okay. Stay but- hot, Edmonton. <laughs> You're doing great. Uh, Jalen Acklin got into the action a little bit. Two catches for 49 yards. Uh, he was second in receiving behind Marco Dubois, who had the 54-yarder and then one four-yarder. But hey, uh, The life of a fullback, baby. Edmonton, <laughs> or Ottawa got it done. And I can't believe... With losing Devontae Dedman, which I think sucks, it, mm-hmm. it's just too bad he's not going to be in the rest of the season. The return game hasn't really taken a hit. Brandon Dandridge had a 34-yard punt return. He had over 100 yards in return yards when it comes to punts. He's a good returner himself. And it also helps you're playing the worst punter in the league who just punts it directly down the middle and yeah. you get to pick which way to go. Yeah. Like, what is that? Yeah. Like, Take the penalty and kick it out of bounds. Do something. Do something to help your cover team out because you're just here. You go. Yeah. You have you, you have you have 65 yards to choose from. Which which 32 and a half do you want? Yeah, because that's yeah. basically all he's doing. Congratulations to our nation for the big win. I feel like maybe better times are coming in Ottawa. As it's Jaylen, already Jalen Acklin, Player of the Week. It's already been announced that uh, Jeremiah Masoli will be starting this weekend in the hammer. So he's playing his old team, and so is Jalen Acklin playing his old team, the Tiger Cats, without a win on the young season. And the Ottawa Red Blacks, all of a sudden, the sky is falling if they win this weekend. They're 500. (laughs) Who would have thought? Who would have thought? How quickly? Who would have thought? Not me. Things change in the Canadian Football League. Just in the same note, Edmonton could quickly be 0-5 going into Regina, playing their former quarterback in Trevor Harris. But a place where Taylor Cornelius had success last September against that Rough Rider team. But so far this year, it appears to be a different Rough Rider team from a year ago. Taylor Cornelius, it's already been announced, will be making that restart at Mosaic Stadium. We'll get to more of that game uh, coming up on our Week 5 preview. We'll go to uh, Montreal 
on Canada Day, where the Alouettes hosting their first ever Canada Day game. I guess Mother Nature had different plans. <laughs> I didn't set my PVR long enough. Uh, <laughs> I, I did. Barely. You did. Barely. <laughs> I didn't expect an hour and 45-minute uh, game delay. Uh, I it it I don't know if, if I said it that way because I think I only have it. Maybe it's just new somehow. I think yeah. so. Like wow. it, too bad it doesn't know the commercials. <laughs> like it just hit like a skip button and it skips. Yeah, commercials, just like uh, back in the gotta, day on the VCR when you could yeah. pause the recording. <laughs> now I just got to tell it to skip ahead two minutes. Yeah, but it recorded the whole thing. Nice, nice. Like, I don't understand what happened, but I also we also got a storm here, and I had to get out of the pool right at the end of Money in the Bank. After LA Knight got screwed, <laughs> but what a like, yeah, that, that that storm rolled in, and so I'm like, oh, what? I'll just drink beer on the deck and watch the football game. And I get on, I get on the on the at the table. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. So I was scrambling to find people to come over, and I invited your brother and Pat and Dean. <laughs> oh, you had a good cat of the day then. Yeah, and well, and Dean brought his grandkid. Oh, <laughs> and look, uh, thinking of the people in uh, near Didsbury, Alberta, mm-hmm. uh, I was in Banff and, uh, man, the videos I saw come across the pipe, it does appear that no lives were lost. Other than Human like lives, livestock. Yeah. Uh, property was lost. It, I'm serious. This looked like something out of a movie. I think it was rated an F3 tornado, the most powerful tornado in Alberta since the since August 13th, 1987. Oh, actually, no, 2000. Oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, Pine Lake. There was that one. Oh, and my auntie Cindy called me and said it was coming to Lloyd and, and scared <laughs> out of me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, tornadoes are. Man, nothing to mess with. I guess there was a lady in near Caroline, I think. Mm-hmm. Trapped in her basement. basement. Wow. Got lucky. Wow. wow. So, uh, look, the Montreal weather is one thing. In Alberta, mm-hmm. Canada Day weather was uh, a whole other animal. Uh, as far as the Alouettes go, it kind of seemed like probably a bit of deja vu for Cody Fajardo uh, seeing that Early Winnipeg on. pass rush yeah. come at him. Early and often, he did not have uh, much of a chance to get anything going in this one. And with the weather, the rain, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a heavy dose of William Stanback. I, even the pregame, props to the broadcasters that had to be on for that long. That is an incredibly long time to fill time when you have no idea when mm-hmm. they're going to be playing. It seemed like Willie Jefferson was just punishing Matthew Shinetti, <laughs> making him do the interview. In the pouring rain, but oh, it's, Willie, it's so hard to hate Willie Jefferson. It is, it is. And William Stanback talking to Shinetti was kind enough to do it inside the tunnel. But I thought there would be a heavy I'd dose be, of him. I'd be the outside guy. <laughs> no, uh, real big carries for William Stanback, and maybe that has to do with the fumble in the third quarter. But I thought they'd be giving him the ball a whole lot more than they did. Well, and they mentioned on the broadcast, Marsh was Marsh doing that game? Yeah. Yeah. He had talked to Derek Taylor, and Derek's like, well, no, like, they're going to pass because it's so much easier for the receivers. They know their routes. Mm. They change the ball out every play. Balls are dry. Right, right. Right? But the receivers know their routes, know where their cuts are. The defenders are the ones guessing if they're yeah. playing man-to-man. So it's right. a lot easier for the receivers in that sense. Um I think, yeah, that that's the old school way to look at it, though. Like, oh, it's raining, it it's gross yeah. out. We're just gonna we're gonna run the hell out of this ball. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe in cold weather, yeah. just because your hands you lose a lot of feeling that way. There were Montreal has a DB with a hand warmer. <laughs> like, what is that? You're in trouble. <laughs> but if... he's a former quarterback. Oh, okay. but but yeah, that's kind of the old school way now. Now you're just expected to be able to. Play the same game no matter what it seems. Is that the DB that delivered the massive hit to Greg mm-hmm. McRae? Yeah. yeah. That was... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess McRae's going to be okay, but ooh, that was quite, quite the punishing hit mm-hmm. uh, that he delivered in this one. Uh, it, it's... Maybe they were giving the ball to McRae a little bit more because Oliveira's banged up a little bit, but... 
I mean, clearly he's been a game time decision, but clearly it's also not affecting him. They gave him the ball 20 times for 112 yards. So Winnipeg went that direction with the the rain and the sloppy weather. They also had a lead. Yeah, they did for most of the game, and it it seemed to work for them. It was just kind of one of those grinded out games going to Montreal and... Uh, and that's kind of a, a style that Montreal can play, I think. But it was just the the trench battle when it came to Montreal's offensive line. They just really didn't have much answers. No, they can. They're lining Willie Jefferson up at defensive tackle. Yeah, in some plays, like that was the last strip sack of the game. There, he's mm-hmm. lined up as a D tackle. It's like, it's so hard. Like if he's not on the edge, like and you lose him. If you're Fajardo, you have no idea where he is. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's so tough when the guy's that versatile. And then even you have Adam Bakehill, that that uh, rookie, uh, Damare. Yeah, Suarez. Uh, Suarez. He has the least. Uh, his completion percentage against is the lowest in the league this year. Yeah. And we thought teams he, were just uh, going to be able to pick on him. I think he missed the first couple weeks. Yeah. When he's come in, and I know he took the PI. I think on his very first play mm-hmm. against the Lions. He's been to settled out. down, and he's, he's been lights out, fitting and into now that Demario Houston, and now Demario Houston's back. Yeah, and it's that 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 secondary has gotten even better. Yeah, I, I think they're very happy with uh, how things have gone with that replacement DB mm-hmm. getting into the lineup. Uh, a key moment early in the game is David Cote missing his first field goal of the year, and Winnipeg answers back with an 11 play 65 yard drive that ends in the Drew Wolitarski touchdown. So, I mean, oh yeah, cuz there was the McCray touchdown, it gets called back on the block, didn't mm-hmm. matter. That's what Winnipeg does, second and 12 and they hit Wolitarski for the uh TD, just missing the field goal and getting punched in the face with a major that's uh, demoralizing yeah. for the Alouettes. Uh, and and that's that's a long drive. Yeah. From Winnipeg's own 15. And not only that, to start the game, Montreal forces a two and out. Now, I know it's the first drive of the game, but Montreal, 48% at two and outs on the defensive side this year coming into the game. Wow. So, you, like like you said, the grinded out kind of game, like their defense can play. They can. Uh, and, but, I mean, we talked about Winnipeg coming into this game pissed off. They didn't look all that pissed off early. Like, I mean, they only scored 17 points, but mm-hmm. a lot of that could be weather and all that stuff. Uh, but it just felt like Montreal was never out of it, even though they gave up that big play. And as demoralizing as it could be, they, they seemed to stay in it. Like 10-0, they, they still weren't out of it. Yeah, when you see three points, uh, yeah, that, that's tough to see, losing 17-3. to three. But it's 10 nothing mm-hmm. Winnipeg at the half, even though uh, <laughs> it, I guess it could have been 13-3. Uh, Castillo misses the 37-yarder, but, oh, surprise, it was a timeout from the Bombers. Well, the long snapper botches the following (laughs) snap, so no points for the Bombers on that exchange. (laughs) And then... I don't even, like, (laughs) just, I guess it worked. Either way, you're getting zero points because Castillo missed the kick anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would have. I guess one thing if he would have made the original kick, but <laughs> yeah, nothing like no. getting iced by your own coach. Yeah, <laughs> and he didn't even ice the kicker; he iced the long snapper. Yeah, yeah. Now Montreal had the opportunities, but it's when Winnipeg starts to take advantage of your mistakes mm-hmm. a little bit, and and that was the difference in this game here because uh, Fajardo started moving the ball a little bit and started finding K on Julian Grant, the game's leading receiver. Six catches, six targets, 129 yards, including a 69-yard reception tie. Nice. Just a beautiful game from K.O.N. Julian yeah, Grant. Real real great reception. What happened on the next play? Yes. Uh, picked off at, what, the two-yard line Basically or something Basically at the like goal that? line, yeah. yeah. Like and Brandon Alexander. Who else? We've seen that a few times this year, getting picked off in your end zone at the goal line deep in the opponent's end. Mm-hmm. And you throw interceptions there. It's it's not going to go well for your team. And, Winnipeg and of took course, advantage, and of course, what happens on that ensuing drive? It's touchdown Winnipeg to Dalton Schoen. It's seventeen, nothing. Stop turning the ball over to this team. Yeah, 
<laughs> and we'll get to another team that you shouldn't turn the ball over to uh, in our Monday night CFL game. Um, Austin Mack had a close like touchdown. Times, maybe <laughs> had a close call for another touchdown, but he himself has another 100-yard game. Six catches, uh, 11 targets, 103 yards. So two 100-yard receivers for the Alouettes. Not quite enough as Cody Fajardo goes 17 of 27 for 258 yards. And that pick. Two 100-yard receivers and you score three points. Yep. Yep. I guess Ugh. that's that's Winnipeg, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's Winnipeg. Like, but we're, yeah, we're like that sixty-nine yard catch got uh, Montreal down to the seventeen, fourteen, fourteen to the fourteen. Yeah. So I mean, like, it's not like it was a sixty-nine yard touchdown pass. Yeah, yeah. And it and you and you took points off the board yourself because you threw a pick. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just one of those things that just. It just comes back to bite you again and again. This team is just ridiculous on the defensive side of the ball, and people know that, but there's just nothing they can do. Mm-hmm. Like, ever since Brandon Alexander moved to safety, that defense has been lights out. It was a big move. A big move. huge. Uh, Cody Fajardo is still going to be having nightmares of Big Willie in uh, blue and gold. He did in Saskatchewan, and it looks like he may still be uh, doing that in Montreal as well. As far as Winnipeg, it was just an- has Has Willie Jefferson made up for the Labor Day pick six against oh. the Bulldogs now? <laughs> Are they over that? Uh, I think so. Okay. I think so. Uh, as far as uh, Winnipeg goes, even Zach uh, threw an interception. Although that one, that one was bouncing around all over mm-hmm. the place. <laughs> it goes fifteen of twenty three, hundred ninety three yards, two TDs, and the interception. Yeah, he did hit Dalton Schoen and Drew Wallatarski. Uh Dalton Schoen, the leading receiver, ninety three yards on the day, so he gets back into uh, the good books of you fantasy have, owners. Do you have the original? Stat sheet or the revised oh, I, stat I'm, sheet? I think I'm looking. Oh, I must be looking at the original one. This one, it got revised. Oh, here, let me look at the revised one now. 15 of 23 for 177, and Sean was 5 of 8 for 86. Oh, okay, okay. Because, you know, the stats can be trusted this year. <laughs> I get a hey, seven-yard difference. I don't, yeah. Uh, how does this oh, happen? It's only 0. 0.7 points. <laughs> oh, and I think Oliveira had... Uh, 120 yards in this yeah. revised. Okay, here we go. A few differences <laughs> <laughs> on uh, this stat sheet than uh, the other one. But uh, Winnipeg back into the win column as they get set uh, to play Calgary. That Friday night is going to be really mm-hmm. interesting with the stamps coming off the bye. And Montreal getting set to go to Vancouver, which I think will be another very interesting game because Vernon Adams Jr. is going to want to follow up that performance in Toronto with a much better game. Uh, the Argos <laughs> are the final undefeated team in the CFL. They are undefeated f- through three games for the first time since 1991. Matt Dennigan, and people still Rocket ask Ishmael. about it on Twitter if they've ever. If, when was the last time they started? It's like, oh, they haven't been talking about this for two weeks. Like, do you not watch TV? Forty-five, <laughs> twenty-four. The Argos stomp the BC Lions. But watching that game, BC had every opportunity in the world to win it. Every opportunity, but they would just let it go with uh, bad throws. Bassett, bad interceptions. And like they've done all year, the Argos, every single mistake that you make, they punish you with it. I think it was about when the Argos went up 14-7 early in the second quarter, uh, they had like 30 yards of offense. (laughs) But it's because they had the return touchdowns from uh, Javon Javon Leak. And then the short field after the Vernon Adams interception. Argo's offense really <laughs> didn't have to work that hard. They didn't, especially early on. They scored. They outscored BC 34 to 3 off turnovers. That is wild. 34 points off at turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's unheard of. 
Uh, Vernon Adams Jr., especially. I'm, I'm the, saying Vernon Adams Jr. went 30 of 39 because he had six completions hey, to Toronto. That's not that I bad. I think that's fair. And then we take, off, we take off the yards that the returns were. He's got like a hundred and some. <laughs> Dude, that is a that's a stat line. 24 39, 388 yards, six picks, three touchdowns. Like eight rushing yards, 16.3 fantasy points. It it appears that the Argos secondary was just giving him fits, like clearly. Rushing three again. Yeah. What, like whatever they were doing, Robertson Daniel gets the hat trick, three interceptions, including one for a touchdown. With a pick six on the sixth. Yeah. The sixth pick was a pick six. Yeah. So <laughs> now some of them were, were forced in there. There was one in like triple. Well, no, the Keon Hatcher catch in the fourth quarter, triple coverage. Somehow he comes down with it. But yeah. th- they were forced in there, and then there was – I think it was in the third quarter. I don't know if it was the fourth pick off his back foot. It was just Mm – it should have It looked like he got hit. Yeah. Like it was completely off his back foot. Candy Maldonado just sailing it into the backstop, and it was like a punt. Yeah. And he was feeling pressure through most Mm -hmm. of the night, and that probably had an impact on him. But like – Quarterbacks just have to have a short memory. Somehow the Lions were still in this game despite all of those interceptions because the Lions defense, I know that Toronto put up 45. They were giving Chad Kelly problems as well, and they were making him move Mm -hmm. a lot. They were flushing him out of the pocket. They were able to send three, four, five guys. But when they sent those guys, like he picked apart man coverage. He did. So when you did that, you had to get there. Uh, what did they end up with in sacks? I can't quite remember. Uh, Chad Kelly was sacked three times. Actually, yeah. Vernon Adams was sacked three times as well. So, so, and but I mean, it was it was just taking care of the football, and Toronto did a way better job. Am I seeing this right? Eight different Toronto Argonauts had a catch in this one: Dejon Brissett, Curly Gittens Jr., Andrew Harris, AJ Olette, Devaris Daniels, David Ungerer, Demonte Coxey, and Cam Phillips was the leading receiver. Six catches, six targets, 76 yards on the day. They don't have a guy that's far and above just taking all of the targets and all of the scores. But So then who do you put your number one guy on? They have all these guys that are going to get big chunks of yards and make your defense mm-hmm. respect them. DeVaris Daniels, front of the end zone, goes up and climbs the ladder, gets it. Like, is, Does this get him going now, and now you have a real issue with this offense? Like they, 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 they distribute the ball so well. Andrew Harris can throw, apparently. <laughs> What a veteran move. It looks like oh. he's going to lose about 12 on the play and uh, yeah. throws got, it away. Got to pass the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah. It should have went further, considering. <laughs> but, yeah, like it's, it's one of those things. Like We talk about balanced offenses. Like, Olette went for 70 yards. Chad Kelly threw for 249. Like 14, 6. Is tw- so they ran it 22 times, 29 pass attempts. It's pretty pretty balanced. Mm-hmm. And and they distributed the ball pretty evenly. Like Andrew Harris and, and David Unger had one and two catches, but and or targets and Olet, but everybody else had four, five, and six. And Olet's playing hurt. Clearly. How so, hurt can he be? I don't know. Like he looks like he can barely stand on the sideline and then he gets onto the field that bleach blonde hair is the first hits never getting him down. No. And he has 14 carries for 70 yards and a, and another touchdown. The Argos of a year ago couldn't punch the ball into the end zone of the running back to save their lives, and now they're doing mm-hmm. it every week. Yeah, and he's becoming a staple in people's fantasy lineups. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do, like I said, like they're they're distributing the ball well through the air. You have to respect Chad Kelly's ability to run the ball. Like you can't just key in on the run game. Like a lot of teams can and and snuff the run game out early. Like we've seen teams where they only get five or six attempts and they got to give it up because they're down fourteen. Yeah, that's not yep. this team is able to to get you in so many different ways. Like BC sort of abandoned their running game. Taquan Mizell had six carries for twenty two yards. That uh, Argonaut defense is legit. 
mm-hmm. and they will make you pay in so many different ways. And About they did 30, that for the Lions. 34 different ways. <laughs> 34, exactly. 37. Keon Hatcher making his return to the lineup for the Lions with eight catches on 10 targets, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Thankfully, I had Dominic Rimes in my fantasy lineup. It could have been a whole lot better of a night for Mr. Rimes, but a lot of them were off-target throws. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some lower ones that he had trouble bringing in. Some intercepted. Lots of them were... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hit by the defender with Dominic Rimes, but he had the two touchdowns, 65 yards and three catches, but 10 targets. They were, uh, I think the Argos were focusing on number 19, even though they gave up the two scores. <laughs> Those seven plays that ended up in Argo hands or on the dirt has to yeah. be considered a pretty good day for that defense. Well, and, and two for BC, like their offense put up 24 points turning the ball over seven times. I know. So like that is ridiculous. Clean that up and a completely different game. Well, obviously six yeah. picks. Like when is the last time we've seen a quarterback throw six picks? I feel like it's been a long time. I feel like that's like me. That's Neilon greenish. <laughs> Maybe it is Neilon. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Alexander Hollins had 68 yards himself, uh, three catches, and Justin McInnes, uh, four catches and 81 yards. So clearly, BC was able to move the ball, and yeah. they and did Toronto move the ball. Toronto again showing that they can't manage a clock. <laughs> the end of that first half, uh, Cam Phillips fighting for extra yards, taking away already in field goal position. Yeah, a long field goal attempt from uh, Boris Beatty, and it gets hurt in the process, or at least yeah. he was on the field a little bit. And Dinwiddie was game. not happy. Through that headset, but you like oh. to see the old headset get. Yeah, thrown. I like to see that fire. <laughs> but when it's Jason Moss, it's it's too much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But how about these Toronto Argonauts? 45 points this week, 43 last week, 32 in week two. And like a lot of it is the defense creating short fields for the offense, but they all count and they're all points on the board and they are lighting it up to start this season. Hear me out. Hamilton crosses over. How's this going to happen? Well, because they'll have they'll they're for, they'll be they'll finish fourth and be better than third place in the in the West. Just it's possible. Okay, you, you can <laughs> cross over possible. both ways. You can cross over both ways. <laughs> Hamilton comes out of the West. Toronto come Toronto comes out of the East and beats them in Hamilton for the Great Cup. With that city burned to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> the all Toronto Great Cup in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, basically in Toronto, it's like a suburb. <laughs> Like, that place would burn to the ground. Okay, so... Not that it doesn't already look like it has, but... We need to stand... Well, for your scenario to happen, Edmonton, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Maybe Calgary goes 1-17. in I I don't even know if this is mathematically impossible. Well, they would have to... Well, if Edmonton only beats Calgary this year... (laughs) Hamilton and Toronto just have to win out. Yep. Easier said than done. Well, no, everybody in the East has to win out, which can't be done. Hey, I could tie. I would love to see this happen. Yeah. There's a way that it can happen. We just don't know what it is. Uh, the BC Lions, look, I, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, they're going to dust themselves off from this game. Uh, Vernon Adams Jr., I can almost, I'll bet you 10 grand he's not going to throw six picks in one game for the rest of the year. What kind of odds <laughs> do I get? Uh, man, I would give you pretty solid odds on that but one. You'd have to. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm good. Oh, you're good? Okay. I think so. You won't uh, you won't take that bet, but I mean clearly. <laughs> <laughs> now uh look, it was clearly uh some good teams, big plays made in this one, but it was just those turnovers that crushed the BC Lions. Have, have look, we had a have we had a kick return touchdown every week? Maybe. Except for week, I don't think we have one week one, but the last three we have. 
There are things happening. Javon Leak with the big, and that's what happened earlier in the game. Javon Leak, mm-hmm. it's a tie game, even though the Argos had zero net yards in offense after the first quarter. <laughs> so they're able to, they had zero yards in one of the quarters. And, and put still, up 14. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that's just how those Argos are uh, this year. They, they are. Yeah, here it is. Uh, they had a 22-yard drive to start the second quarter to go up 14-7. So they've got 22 yards and 14, 14 points on the board. <laughs> One of those days at BMO Field. And uh, I, I think, and I, or at least I hope, that the six is going to start noticing this team. And uh, their next time out, they're off this week. Uh, they're they're going to Montreal. What, like, what is that schedule? Well, oh, and then they got Hamilton on. Uh, but like in I mean, Hamilton, your bye weeks are week one and week five. Yeah, and then you got one somewhere down the line. Like the Argos actually aren't home again until July 29th against the Rough Riders. So. Mm-hmm. There we go. They're in Montreal, in Hamilton, and yeah, exactly. So yeah, they're home. By. They're home the week before the 29th then. On by already. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, like already Same back on, on by. It's yeah. Seems a little ridiculous. And then three teams, like a three schedule this weekend. I didn't mind it. Right. Because it's a long weekend. People are gone. Mm-hmm. Gate driven league to begin with. And then everybody else can be watching on TV. Well, if you're at the lake. Like who's really going to be watching that? Like not a lot of people. I don't feel like. Do I? There should. Do I think there should have been a game yesterday? No. Um, but I have no problem with it being only three team or only three games. Yeah. yeah. That weird. Oh, I'm people all right bit, with it. People bitched about everything this weekend. So oh, they. I kind of just don't go on Twitter that much. Yeah. I check my mentions, kind of thing, and uh, I, I keep up with the CFL news but by then, using but then Twitter, people- but. Yeah, and then people are like, well, why would you have it at, you know, 7 o'clock local time in Toronto? It's like... When else are you going to have well, it? It's a Monday. What season, and you're, on, you're at the lake. If you're at the lake, you're coming home Monday. You're not coming. You're not leaving the lake at 6 a.m. to make it for a noon game. Yeah. Like... They had... What do you, what do you people want? 12,000 people there, which is... I mean, I think in Toronto standards, it's not bad. Okay. We're, we're seeing about that in Edmonton, so... <laughs> Are we seeing? I don't know. I think we're. <laughs> I I don't know. Those fifty thousand empty seats make it look like there's a lot less people there. There does. Uh, who are the fantasy leaders this week, Ty? Uh, so quarterbacks. Chad Kelly only put up sixteen point five. Vernon Adams was second. He could have had a hell of a lot more points. He still put up sixteen point three. But those six picks just destroyed destroyed his fantasy numbers. Were those the top two quarterbacks? Those are the top two, and then Tyree Adams was third. You got to remember, there's only three games, Trav. But still, sick. There was no quarterback above twenty points. I don't no. feel so bad about my Jarrett Daggy pick. Then I still feel bad about that. that was, <laughs> we're dumb. We're so dumb. Tyree Adams was third at fourteen and a half. I'm going through all the quarterbacks this week. Kalaros thirteen and a half, Fajardo twelve point eight, Jarrett Daggy seven point seven, Cameron Dukes almost beat Jarrett Daggy with six point two. Wow, because he had a rushing touchdown, and then Crum Davis and Khalil Tate all yeah. had those little uh, short yardage plays. Yeah, uh, when it comes to running backs, Tuggle twenty point two, Oliveira fifteen nine, Olette fourteen four, Marco Dubon, Jackson Bennett thirteen eight and eight point eight round out the top five. Ottawa had three of the top five running backs this week. Interesting. Yeah. And Javon Leak got six points because you don't get any points for return yards. Wow. Just the touchdown. Uh, Keon Hatcher and Dom Rimes, obviously 24.4 and 21.5. Shown 19.6. Maurice French at 19.4. Keon Julian Grant, 18.9. And Austin Mack, 17.5. So... <laughs> My my lineup was like kind of all over the place because I had Justin Mac or Austin Mac and Dom Rhymes, but I had mm-hmm. Demontre Tuggle. But then I filled it out with Daggy, Stanback, Dunbar, and the Lions defense who got me minus one. So hey, I got I had the Elks D. What did they get? One. Oh, they beat the Lions defense. <laughs> Although yeah. I feel like 
they're getting punished for special teams touchdowns mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, and it says Jared Day got 6.8, so they must have changed scoring. I, I got to try to find it and try to figure yeah. out what the hell they've done. Uh, I had Oliveira and Olette, and Olette was my captain. Uh, Dembski totally missed Zero. that he was having a kid. Ah. Ackland, player of the week at 6.9. And Unger got me three point four. Player like, of the week. <laughs> yeah. I my, me giving a nice Dom, week. Me giving Dom Rhymes the captaincy on my team. Oh. squeaked me out a win by two point two over BB Can Riot in the CFL podcast. Uh, Did he pick league. all former stamps? Well, oh, you can't even look at his no, lineup. Not, yeah, let's, let's wreck everything. Apparently, that feature is coming soon. Here's uh, uh, an update on my pick pro- over the past. Are proper weeks. stats coming soon? <laughs> My, my pick em over the last two weeks, one in seven. <laughs> oh, I am. Or as I guess that's technically one in six. Uh, one win, six misses. <laughs> that's not good, Travis. No, it's over not. the Over the last two weeks, I am four and three. Hey, you're doing all right. But you're I only have right. eight wins. No. Total. It's been a tough this is one. this is this is a far cry from finishing eighth last year overall. Yeah. We're not going to be getting any old Dutch chips anytime soon. Good because they suck. Although our wow, I was going to say our sponsorship slots are open on the podcast. Hey, Lays, just, if you're looking if you're looking for a podcast, where are you guys? I'll take any money, and if uh, you are willing, <laughs> the hat is here on Patreon, and you can like and subscribe on any podcatcher. If I want burnt chips, I'll just make them at home. I'm not going to pay three dollars. I love for the burnt bag ones. My air. wife always Ugh. gives them to me. Uh, yeah, you it, probably it, like black jujubes too. No, no, I draw the line in the <laughs> sand. There, the line uh, should be drawn here. No further. <laughs> And uh, hit us up on YouTube and subscribe there as well. We're going to get you ready Thursday. Uh, obviously, you get the show a bit early if you're earlier if you're a touchdown tier subscriber on Patreon. But week five comes fast, and we'll get you ready for that on Thursday. And it'll be my last show at home for like a month. Back to work? Yeah. Back to work. Is there something else you can get a surgery on? Oh, I can think of a few things. <laughs> That's week four. Tune out with Travis Curran and Brazilian Thai. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.